Welcome back to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Well, I had to go into my closet and pull out a sweater today. It's getting a little chilly out this week in West Texas. Uh, I I guess so. I don't know. No, it's not. Not on your side of town. Not on my side of town. What is the What is the temperature on your side of town? My mine is a pretty good one eleven right now. One eleven. I heard we broke the record. It's one twelve today. One twelve. Yeah. Man, I don't get this. I I I don't I don't ever remember being it this hot ever. Like a one twelve. Doesn't anybody panic? That isn't like what the heck is going on? No one. Betting and I. I am so glad you said this because, of course, I'm only three years old out here, newbie. Yeah. And I was hoping that someday you come here going, it is just too hot in West Texas. Is it finally? It's, yeah. Because, well, look, we I think normal yeah. was about 107. Man, that's hot. Yeah. 107, 105. But, man, last year was like 111, 110, 115. Yeah. And the year before, maybe two also. It's just crazy. I, I don't. And that didn't happen until August, and now we're only in June, and this yeah. is happening. What is going to yeah. be for us A couple next years month? ago, there was like 100 state straight days of 100 degrees weather, 100 de- or more. I think it's, it was 100 straight days. It's it's unbearable. Oh, but we weren't complaining a couple of weeks ago when it was cold and you know raining and everything. Well, I know most people were, but I knew better to, to do that and kind yeah. of uh, mock the West Texas gods because here right. we are now, right? Here we are. Yeah, and it's not even summer officially, right? No. I think it's June mm-hmm. 21st, right, or something like that. How's the old air conditioner holding up for you? It's holding, you know, okay. whatever. Duct tape can do as much as it can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, um, now, one of my vehicles does not have air conditioner. Ooh. So, so. What are we doing there? Roll the windows down on high. I, my my girls are saying, um, turn on the air conditioner. Okay, put it on high. Just roll down the windows all the way down. Yeah. Like Do you want a little little bit lower? Roll it up a little bit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But then I tell them this is this is how I grew up. I didn't grow up with air conditioners in my car. Right. But it wasn't 111 outside for I sure. Know. I think it was like 110. No, no, about 105, 104. 104 was like, man, it's hot. 104, 105, 104, yeah. maybe 107, but not 111, 112. I got into my car. Of course, the car is going to be hotter, right? Yeah. But it was 120 in my car. 120. Yeah. Do you leave your windows rolled down? Yes, I do. I normally don't. I did today because it yeah. is so bad. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy out there. Well, what'd you do last weekend for Father's Day? For Father's Day, um, my mom took um, me out to eat. Oh. Well, my, my family, too. Okay. And so, um, went to Franco's. That's a good place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then um, Sunday, uh, so that was Friday. Actually, that was my birthday. Okay. My birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. And then um, for, for Father's Day, um, my wife cooked hamburgers for me. Because I was like, she's like, what do you want to eat? So you want to go to a restaurant? And I was like, no, I don't want to go to a restaurant. Yeah. Um, then I was like, mm, you know, I want, I like when you make hamburgers. Okay. I love those hamburgers that she makes by hand. Like we go buy ground beef and she makes the patties and everything. Oh my gosh! Did, and throws it on the grill or inside? Inside, but on a uh, on a uh, skillet. Kind skillet, of? yeah, yeah. Okay. So she's doing, she did that. And what do you put on your hamburgers? Like, like mustard or I like ketchup? Mustard. Or? I like mustard. Okay. Um, sometimes it depends. Now if yeah. we're talking about a restaurant. There's yeah. some places I only do like a mayonnaise, okay, uh, or Miracle Whip, whatever they have, okay. Um, but I like mustard predominantly. Okay. Mustard, cheese, lettuce, and tomatoes. Gray gray poupon no, mustard? No, you absolutely do not. Absolutely not. Oh my god, who gosh. does? Who's that? Well, I don't know. Some people they're still selling it, right? I guess so. Uh, so do you put um, lettuce, tomato on there? Pickles? You do any uh-huh. of that? Yeah, okay, all that. And Get- your favorite cheese? Velveeta cheese, the cheap you do, one. You just do Velveeta. Yeah, yeah. Is there a different way? Well, you can put white American. You can put no. uh, Swiss. You can put. You know how much that is? It's like eight <laughs> bucks for a little package. Yeah, no, I'm gonna get that. the two fifty. I think it's like three nine two ninety eight now. Yeah, yeah. But Velveeta. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And then other than that, I mean, just kind of hung out with the family. Any movies you've seen lately? I actually did. Exodus. Okay. What'd you see? Okay, here we go. Drum roll, please. Oh no! I went to go see the Flash. What? Yeah. You yeah. went over the dark side for Marvel I did. to I DC. Did. I I'm always going to tell you I always liked Batman 
and that was one reason why I went to go see it. Okay. The Batman. So, out of 10, where are you giving this? I don't know what everyone's going crazy about. I think it's like a 7, 7. 7.5. Mm-hmm. I don't know what everyone's going crazy. Everyone's like like saying it's already burning now. It's It has no legs. It's going to flop. But I thought it was good. It was good? I think it's even better than Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three? Yeah. Yeah, three was a little bit tough for me. Yeah. I think I told you I gave it a six and a half or whatever. Right. I haven't seen The Flash yet. Yeah. I am going to go see it in the movie theater. Uh, one of my employees did see it as well. Yeah. He said the highlight, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, uh, he said the highlight was uh, you got to see the original Batman in it. Uh, I'm just going to say, yeah. And you got to see him a lot. Yeah. All right. I'm excited then. Now, he's my favorite Batman. Is he your favorite Batman? Um, No. I like the Christian Bale Batman. You do? But, okay. But we got to realize, too, that I was a little bit older when Christian Bale came out. Oh, that's true. Now, Keaton was probably 88, 89 And I was 90. teenagers, yeah. Yeah, and so that he was like, yeah, well, what's the big deal about this guy, Michael Keaton? The um, Beetlejuice guy? Beetlejuice guy. That's true. You know that's what I mean? That's true. I was thinking, yeah, Beetlejuice guy, yeah. Yeah, so, but... Who would have uh, thought that he would be the one of the best the Batmans. Batmans ever? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but... um. There's the a storyline. It is a great storyline. Okay. I, I like the storyline. It it was good. Um, a lot of creativity. Um, I really enjoyed the visuals. Were pretty good. Okay. I mean, in my opinion, of course, yeah. there's going to be people that are going to tear it up. Yeah, of course. Especially, man, I'm just so sad that the actual uh, the character the 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 actor the Flash actor is in so much issues. Has so many issues because yeah. I would love to see another movie or a spinoff. But isn't it isn't it kind of just shows you that no matter what industry in life when you have issues i mean look at the boxing and mma world right. you have all these fighters that you just love seeing and then you just get so sad that they have all these issues right right and you're right. just like oh my gosh come on just yeah just fight just fight yeah just, just fight. fight yeah how about how, how about your weekend how was that i'm gonna i'm gonna have we did the opposite i didn't do anything do nothing i worked uh went home watched some fights saturday night which i truly enjoyed and then just on sunday just vegged i just tried to stay cool and and i made some ribs okay. you know at home and whatnot so that was nice but other than that didn't do much. how do you make your ribs i instapot okay you know i've done i've done those two through have instapot. you yeah it's so much easier <laughs> it's 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 instead of three hours of warming the house up when well, i don't yeah. need to do that yeah, right now yeah. uh it's 30 minutes yeah. it's in apple juice and apple cider juice okay. is, or apple cider juice and apple juice yeah you mm. put them in there 30 minutes i take them out i throw my favorite barbecue sauce on it and i broil it for five minutes and i'm good to go i'm done wow. in an hour wow yeah it's That's amazing awesome. well i mean you know, that was, i'm glad you had a great weekend yep. and uh, skip a couple of weeks well a week or two like we a did. week yeah you know and we had a had a couple um you know a couple things that tend to tend to uh, last week so let's just go ahead and go into our boxing recap remember we had two fights to recap uh the return of teofimo lopez versus uh josh taylor and the return of jaime mungia yes um to against uh, sergey dervichenko so let's just go ahead and get started with jaime mungia uh, versus sergey dervichenko this was uh, this june 10th uh, this past june 10th uh, fly from the toyota arena in Tar- or ontario california this was 12 rounds in the super middleweight division. I'll tell you, the challenger in this fight, he was up for the task to give Munguia a little bit of fits. I mean, he used a lot of angles just to kind of keep Munguia off balance, didn't you think? I think so, too. I think Sergey Dervichenko, he, he came in 14-4 and four with 10 knockouts. He was ranked number 7th in the division. His last win came against Josh Conley um, and a unanimous, unanimous decision win in back in July of 2022. So that's the thing, too, that he was out for almost a year. Yep. Um, but he does have fights against Triple G, uh, Jamel Charlo. So he's been in there, even though he's only, this is like his 19th, 20th fight. Right. And he did show that he is a very, like almost a veteran, and it was a tough fight for Mungia, who who Mungia forty one and zero, you know, being as young as he is, ranked fourth in the division, um, coming off a win against Gonzalo Correa back um, back in I think it was November, so yeah. he's a little bit more fresh, but still, I mean, Mungia showed I think a lot of a lot of kinks in his armor. He did, and it was interesting how you would think at 41 fights that he had seen every game plan in the book but he didn't because Dervichenko I mean lots of ankles angles he was setting the pace where he needed to you know to keep him off bangles keep him uh guessing 
Um, and I'll tell you, it wasn't until the final round when Munguia finally hurt Devachenko with a, a body shot. Yeah, and the thing is that, too, I think Devachenko exposed a lot of flaws in De- Munguia's defensive capabilities because I think Munguia is one of those that go in there and just chop your head off, right? Go in there and bust you up. Yeah. I think defense is on the side, like it's in the back burner because he feels like he's going to knock you out. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, this goes to decision. I mean, um, the official judges had to turn in their scores to so 115, 112, 114, 113, and 114, 113, all in favor for Mangia. Now, what do you think about the scores? I think they're justified. I think that the challenger came in with a game plan and he utilized it and almost came out with an upset. It's like one or two round swings right sure. there. He could have gone almost either way. But, um, yeah, uh, Jaime Munguia stays perfect in his career. He goes to 42-0. What do you think's next? I've got a question for you. Has he ever fought for a belt? In a lower division, yes. He's okay, a world champion. Because I'm, I'm so confused at 42-0. Mm-hmm. He, he is very in a, he's an elite fighter in this mm-hmm. division. Why isn't he fighting for a belt yet? I don't understand that. I think there's a logjam right now in that division. Right, We got Canelo. We got Benavides. Okay. Now, some people don't like to put Mexican versus Mexican, right? In uh, for the belt, and so the, the, that's the one thing about having a consistent belt holder that doesn't lose his title. Yeah. All these other guys just miss their chance, right? In to get their division to and get I, the title. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Canelo is busy looking at other divisions and stuff and not defending these belts that were mm-hmm. clearly should have an opportunity for some of these um, fighters that. Deserve a title shot. Yes. Yeah, so, what do you think next work um, for uh, Munguia? I think he should wait in line and get a title shot. I think he he should call up one of those, you know, WBO, w, w, you know, BA or whatever, and say, "Hey, listen, I need to be a mandatory uh, uh, contender for for a next title shot, or have the title holder re- relinquish the belt. That's what I think should happen. I don't think he should be c- continuing to fight and getting t- into these scary situations with uh, an opponent who could potentially upset him and then he gets knocked out of line. That's what I think. Do I you mean, have some names? I do have a couple names. Um, I have because he's not going to fight for the title. I don't think so. Because yeah. I mean if that, if anything, if Canelo focuses on the dis- div- division it's not going to be on him. Sure. Okay. So I do have uh, John Ryder, the the fighter that fought Canelo. I like that fight. Yeah. Sure. That one. Um, another fight. It, another one I have is okay. Caleb Plant. Okay. But isn't those scary fights from Mangia? Of course. Yes. Both. Maybe more Caleb Plant. Yeah. Than Ryder, but Ryder's ranked higher Ooh, than I know than uh, Caleb Plant. But Caleb Plant has shown power. He's shown consistency. I'm up for either one of those. I love watching Mogia fight. I love the opponents, but I'm just worried that he just continues to to not fight for at least one time a title. And and I agree with you. Canelo is not interested in, in defending those at this point in his career. And the thing is, that too, this is probably one of his biggest fights in his career. Yeah. Right? Because Dervichenko has fought the who's who Abs- of his division. And he's he showed well, but he showed a lot of flaws in some of his fight game too. He did. He showed it. And and the other issue is that if Munguia fights a Caleb Plant or John Ryder, well, these guys are very capable of exposing those flaws if you don't shore them up. And if they were to upset them or even show more flaws, it's just going to give the advantage to the champ even more. Um, do we want to focus on uh, Dervachenko? See what he's what's next for him. You know, Devichenko, he's 14-6. and six. Uh, He almost pulled the upset. And the the problem is he, he has fought super elite. He's, he's sought Triple G, Charlo, and now McGee, and has come up short. So, right. for me, he needs to get in the gym, figure out what where he can shore up his flaws, come back stronger. Um, maybe a fight against John Ryder. I mean, I don't Absolutely. think John Ryder is an elite fighter in this division. Nope. And no, no, uh, no offense, but um, I just don't see – I don't see him – Dervichenko fighting or getting past any bigger names of this division. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that brings us to our second fight on June 10th. This was the biggest fight of the weekend and possibly this spring. Josh Taylor versus Teofimo Lopez live from the Madison Square Garden in New York. This was set for 12 rounds in the super lightweight division. 
Wow, what a complete performance by Lopez. I think it was one of his best of his career. Um, yeah, you know what? That's that's exactly everything that I've seen, everything that I've um I saw and I've read about it. He showed up. I mean, he put a lot of naysayers to 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 bed, I guess for for the meantime, right? Of course. And um yeah, he did he did well. And the other thing is on the other fl- side, the flip side of that, Josh Taylor didn't look like himself. No. He, here's the thing. I thought that it was a pretty even fight up until round four, and then it looked like what you're saying. Lupe, Lupe, Lopez found his rhythm. Right. Taylor never did. Never. It wasn't a J- Josh Taylor we normally see. No, no. Now, Taylor, again, came in 19-0 and with 13 KOs, ranked number two in the division. His last win was against Jack Catterall uh, back in February of 2022. So that's another thing. You know, almost a year and a half layoff for Josh Taylor. And then coming back against uh, uh, Teofimo Lopez. I know we, we talk about ring rust, right? Um, but I I do believe in this case it didn't have anything to do with ring rust for Tyler. I just think we need to give props to Lopez and his game strategy and how good he really is. The thing is that we must have forgot sure. about yeah. Teofimo Lopez. Now, he was 18-1 and one coming in, um, not ranked because he moved up in weight for this division last fight was a split decision against Sandor Martin where we both kind of questioned the heart we did. of uh of Lopez um but in the end we do have a 113-115 113-115 and 111-117 favorable win for Teofimo Lopez now what do you think about the scores little closer than I thought. I th- I thought it was more of a 11. I don't think it was a one. Fi- I don't think it it was a one fifteen one thirteen. I didn't see a lot of swing rounds. I didn't. You know, so no. man, it they they almost got him. They almost got him. Boy, they tried, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. But again, Teofimo Lopez is now eight, nineteen and one. Um. Well, I mean, do we say what what's next for Teofimo? Apparently, he's retired now. Apparently so. And I just wanted to say I've enjoyed watching all his fights. 40 fights, I think, is on his record. I think he's, what, 40 years old now? So he's going to ride off in the sunset, yeah, 40, right? He's a 40-year-old, yeah. He's got had a long, good, long career, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's the right time for him to retire, right? Or am I wrong? I think we're, we're, we're wrong. Because how old is he? I think he's 25. 25 years old. And Which, what is his record? He's 19 and 1. Why in the world would you retire? You know what? I've read uh, something that it's more has to do with family issues, mental issues. Okay. Things like that. Got to take care of that. And rather than holding up the division, because he won these belts, two belts, the WBO and the ring. And now he's relinquishing them. And, um, you know, I mean... But then again, have you ever seen all those interviews with him and his dad and then, you know, his dad running everything? I'm thinking that he's retiring to set up a comeback without, without his, his dad. Yeah. That would be the best case scenario for, for him. Right. I've also seen where this is a money grab, where he's going to say, hey, I need to get paid more now. Pull me out of retirement with more money. I right. think it's also that. Wow. But then that means you got to pay his dad also. I know. So that's a whole package I, deal. I, Dude, I does a does a promoter want that? I, how hard is it to have a have a, a someone a figure that like that you are and you're trying to promote them, where it's just they're just always bumping heads. I mean, I don't know. I, I it, would, it happens all the time, yeah. whether it's a celebrity or a fighter or whatever it is. When you have a relative, you know, handling your business, mm-hmm. and they have their own personal needs versus what they should be their right. person they're sponsoring needs it becomes very very uh volatile right. to say the least and here's the thing tyler um lopez said he's okay with doing a rematch with taylor and so did taylor he's up for a rematch at least that's what they said in the ring in the post uh but I, I think um i think that's fair because taylor was a champion i'm sure there was probably a clause in there that there's a rematch clause and I'm pretty sure I, I, I would I would like a rematch too, but if not, if if Lopez does retire, what do you think's um, next for Taylor? Well, Taylor also said he's possibly moving up in weight. Oh wow! So let's look at who he would be fighting up a level from super lightweight, and I'll give you some names and see how he would handle being at Walter weight. Ooh. 
Already. We already know. We, do we know that that's a murderous row? We should call it murderous row yeah. welterweight division? Um, do you put him in the top 10 in the welterweight? Well, let's see. Um, well, give me the top five. Give me the top five. Virgil Ortiz Jr.? I think right now the jury's out on Ortiz, but it is, isn't it? I, I may, maybe, maybe. We'll okay. see. What's the other name? Santonius. And both, I think Virgil Ortiz and Santonius is uh are fighting each other. I know. Jared Boots Ennis. Wow, we we both <laughs> like Ennis. And of course, the super fight coming up. Do you like him against Crawford? No, of course not. Or Spence Jr. Of course not. Of course not. Right. Yeah. Should stay in his own division, don't you think, if he can still make weight? If he can still make weight, of course. Yeah, of course. What do you think you got? he's going to be doing? What do you think is his well, future? Well, if, if he stays in his division, right, if he stays in there, and I think he should fight. If Regis Porgrace goes gets through his fight this next week that we're going to recap, yeah, um, fight Regis, Regis Porgrace for an undisputed so, a uh, champion. That right? makes total sense since the belts are now vacant. I hope that that happens. Well, let's go ahead and uh, move on to this uh, past week. Well, first, we'll go ahead and jump over to um, across the Pacific in Australia and a recap uh, a fight that we didn't get to ch- to preview last week. But this was Tim Tizu versus Carlos Ocampo. June 17th, live from the Gold Coast Convention Center in Australia. This was set for 12 rounds in the Super Welterweight Division and was for the WBO Super Welterweight Championship. Tim Tezu's nickname is the Soul Taker, and guess what? He took the soul of his opponent. I didn't even have to watch this fight. All I had to do is watch Twitter. Oh, amazing. It's crazy. He was dominant. 77 seconds, I think. That's crazy. Yeah. Tim Tizu wasted no time dropping Carlos Ocampo. And Ocampo, let's just let's just look at his now before we make any judgments. Mm-hmm. All right, Ocampo came in 35 and 2 with 23 knockouts, ranked 11th in the division. Last win was against Mauricio um, Castor with a TKO in the fifth round back in March of 2003. His losses, his only losses, are against Sebastian Fundura, okay, and Errol Spence Jr. This is an elite fighter. I mean, yeah, and he's 27 years old, so he's in his prime. Um, this should have been a tougher uh, night out for Tim. And, and I think that's not. what it was. They're expecting a 37 fight veteran versus a 22 fight veteran mm-hmm. in Tuzu. Um, and yeah, but I mean, the other thing is, I looked at the odds before, and hit the odds were uh, Tuzu minus 1200. He was and Ocampo plus 650. Yes, and so. I, they have they gave him no chance, Ocampo, no chance. Even though his record seems like he should be should have been in there. His record doesn't say he should be a massive underdog. I massive. Mean, and and the you know most important fact you had was the only two losses he had was against super elite fighters. Right. Well, uh, Tim Tuzu came in and um, got the job done in the first round, and it was terrible. Got a knockdown first. Yep. Got a standing eight count, um, and he was on shaky legs for the last yeah. you know. 30 seconds and it was a terrible knockout i mean just to just to see him almost trip over himself and then get knocked out what does it say about tizu and his his skills i mean it says a lot in my does it say i mean you didn't get to see anything from him all he all it says is that he punches hard he can catch you if you if you let let him catch you I think it says that I just beat somebody that uh, lost to some super elite fighters. So clearly, I'm in that uh, category at this point. Okay. Does it say that my next fight's going to be Jermel Charlo for the championship? I think it should be. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, I li- I like Tizu. I really do. I don't. I just don't know. But we, I think the thing, too, is that we got to backtrack to what we always say. It, around the 20, 22, 23, that's probably title contender. That's where he's at. And that's where he's at, too. So I can't eat my words then. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. Put him in there against a world-class Jermel Charlo and fight for a championship. He he said after the uh, fight, he said his mandatory position should be for Charlo, calling loudly for the fight in his post-fight interview. He said he's already earned it, but tonight should be one more indication that he's a real threat. Yeah. I mean, 
uh, but he's so young, right? He's like, is his twenty third fight? That's that's the right amount. Yeah, that is the right yeah. amount. Yeah, but will we see it? Do you think we'll see it? I think so. I think that one's an easier fight to make. I think so too. Than Earl Spence Jr. and Crawford, for yeah. sure. Yeah. How about Ocampo? I mean, do we do we just? I think he's just a gatekeeper. He's a gatekeeper. I mean, yeah. obviously, he's at that plateau where he can beat everybody else in the division except for the Super Elite. Except, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to another uh, fight that we did not, were not able to preview. This was Regis Porgres versus Danielito Soria. This uh, June seventeenth, live from the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. This was set for twelve rounds in the super lightweight division. This contest was for the WBC Super Lightweight Championship of the World. Zoria came in with a clear plan to play the outside and force progress to take all the chances. And I thought, given how little the action was, it was still uh, interesting how that game plan was working out. Yeah, that game plan was really good yeah. uh, against him. I think it really threw off poor Grace. Um, we've we've given poor Grace's flowers a lot. We right? have, you know, yes. We always say what kind of elite fighter he is. But Zoria, he came in ranked 25th in the division. Yep. You know, 17-1. and one. His only loss comes to another world-class fighter in uh, Arnold Barbosa back in July of 2022. Um, but he was also a uh, 800, plus 800 Underdog. I was just going to tell you because Progress was a minus sixteen hundred. Crazy, massive crazy. favorite, and and here's uh, on this case where we saw that the opponent he was doing just was enough doing to it. grab rounds, in my opinion, and just enough to win to decision. And it, in the end, we have one seventeen, one ten, one thirteen, one fourteen, and one eighteen, one oh nine in favor of Regis Progress. Do you do you agree with it? Those being, especially the 118, 109, being that far apart? I don't agree at all. I don't either. I mean, even 117, 110, it's, it's like, what are you watching? That's like seven rounds that you got winning. Again, if you're in the judge's mind or, or, or you're trying to score it, I mean, if you're scoring on who had their game plan worked out better, it was the opponent. Right. It wasn't pro- progress at all, in yeah. my opinion. So I thought the judges had a hard time <laughs> you know uh scoring this one so poor grace wins um does this set, set up a uh josh taylor fight uh you know i don't know because the promoter came out and said he was not thrilled with his performance yeah so with i don't taylor's know. performance no oh, with, with progress yeah yeah he was not happy with it uh he was more upset with the way Zoro came in the fight, given the opportunity and platform that he provided. So he didn't really like the game plan of the opponent either to make it such a boring fight. But it's like promoter Eddie Hearn, you need to understand we're just trying to win a fight. I mean, our your your job is to promote this fight. Our job is to win the fight. So I don't know what's next for him. Do you think a, a Taylor fight's gonna be next for? I mean, Progress? it's either that. I mean, who else is there to to fight? I mean, in the super lightweight division. Um, because we do have Taylor, but like we said, he, he may be moving up. Um, the other people are on here as Jose Carlos Ramirez, mm-hmm. Arnold Barbosa, who is 28 and 0 and uh, 31 years old. And then we still got Jack Catterall out there. He's still running around, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but for Regis Prograce, I mean, I don't know who else to put him against. I mean, you know. Pro Grace, if he wants to make money and Eddie Hearn wants to make money, they they fight Josh Taylor, and it and given that they fought within two weeks, yeah, their uh, schedule lines up. Yeah, too. the timing's really good yes. on that end. Well, wow, what a, what a four good fights we had in the last couple of weeks. All right, well that brings us to this week's preview: Carlos Adamas versus Julian Williams in the. In the middleweight division clash, this is for, like you said, the WBC interim title um, scheduled for 12 rounds. This is at 160 pounds. Jamal Charlo, Laura, and Carlos Edemines is some of the other champs. Now, this is for the WBC interim world middleweight title. 
Carlos Adamis is 29 years old, 22 and 1. With 17 KOs, he is currently ranked fourth in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the third round, October of last year, and he debuted 2015. Now, Julian J. Rock Williams is 33 years old, 28, 3 and 1, with 16 KOs. He is currently ranked 26 in this division. His last fight was a win by decision November of last year, and he debuted in 2010. There are no current odds on this fight. Carlos Adamas is from the Dominican Republic. He stands at 5'11", with a 73-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 17, 77% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Juan Montiel, Sergi Dovichenko, and Alexis Flores. Notable losses come against Patrick Teixeira. Julian Williams is is from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He stands at 5'10 with a 72 and a half inch reach. He fights out of the orthodox fight stance. He now has a 57% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Rolando Mancia, Jared Hurd, and Francisco Javier Castro. Notable losses come against Vladimir Hernandez, Jillian Rosario, and Jermal Charlo. Have you seen Carlos fight? I haven't seen uh, Adama's fight, yeah. but I've seen Julian Williams fight. And okay. it, at one point, he was on a tear um, up until he met uh, uh, Jermel Charlo. Okay, okay. Um, I, I'll make it short and sweet. I like uh, the champ Carlos Adamines by KO in the fifth round. Yeah, I'm also going to go with um, Adamas, um, but th- by decision. All right, well, that's going to be this this live this Saturday, June 24th, live from the Armory in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, you can catch this on Paramount Plus or ESPN Plus. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing preview. Now on to our boxing news and notes. Hearn fires back at Team Fury. They're, they are desperate. No Saudi offer and no fight. Rival promoters... Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren have traded verbal jabs in the wake of Anthony Joshua rejecting an offer to face the WBC heavyweight champion Tyson Fury on a September date in Wembley Stadium in London. Joshua refused to put off Joshua refused to put off his two-fight plan to close out 2023. He plans to return on August 12th to potentially fight a rematch with Dylan White and then the second fight in December possibly former WBC champion Dante Wilder. I am beginning to agree with Hearn that Fury has just been playing around with possible fights with many fighters, and I'm sure that he is tired of waiting around and needs to keep active and get paid, is what the former promoter said. So what do you think? Do you think that he has been just playing around and try, trying to get the best offers possible, and now nobody's willing to fight him? They're just done. I need to move on. For um, for, for Fury. a Fury fight, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people, sometimes a ship can just go ahead and leave the dock and, and, and move on. Yeah. Because this boxing, I think boxing is very fluid. It will move on without yeah. you. Even if, even though you're the biggest name, even though you're the biggest draw or whatever, if you're not going to do it, if you're not going to play along, right, you, they're just going to move on. There's always going to be the next new guy. I think up. that Fury has just been unreasonable in his no- negotiations. I, so. I don't think he wants to fight anymore. I don't think he wants to fight either. I think he's all talk, right? Because he's always he's looking at he he's going to like the UFC fights. He's you know uh, maybe training with some and just kind of hanging out. You know, living life, which is okay. Yeah, it is, is okay, okay, right? Yeah, it's 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 okay. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to get a fight and slap fighting. I mean, who right. knows what he wants to exactly. do? Exactly, it's crazy. All right, just to remind you, uh, one of the biggest fights in probably boxing history or more recent history is coming up for the undisputed welterweight championship of the world, Earl Spence Jr. versus Crawford. Now, this has been set officially for Saturday, Saturday, July 29th, live from the T-Mobile Arena um, from Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, even though we can say that it's beneficial, yeah. it is not, it's not clear until that Saturday, the 29th, right? Like, I feel like I need to see them both in the boxing ring, right? Right. They both got gloves on, right? And they got the car girls in the middle, and they got the announcer. And here we yeah, go. Yeah, that's that's the only time it was like, yeah, it's going it's to happen. Because even that day, something could come up, right? Stomach virus. Hand <laughs> hurt. Right. I mean, right. popped on the test. Who freaking knows? It's crazy. But I can tell you, as of today, 
I'm really looking forward to that fight. Uh, me too. And have you changed your stance on who you think is going to win that fight? Right now, no. I'm I'm still going uh, Earl Spence Jr. Uh, right no, I'm still going Crawford. WBA approves Tapolis to challenge the Fulton Anyway winner for undisputed uh, undisputed title. Newly crowned WBA and IBF Junior featherweight titleist Marlon Tapolis was granted permission by the WBA to enter the voluntary title defense, specifically targeting the winner of the July 25th Stephen Fulton Anyway fight for the WBC WBO junior featherweight title fights. So what do you think? Do you like that they're going to unify that? I do. Division? I mean, I think that's one one goal we always have is to unify. Yeah. For for the title to see who's the best of the best because I think boxing has gone too long in its history where everyone's kind of avoided each other and they all can say they're champions. So who do you like with that super fight coming up the Fulton anyway fight? Um man, I just I can't put it past anyway right now. I can't either, who, right? Who's not, no one's been able to stop him in his old weight division. Yep. Now bigger, stronger in a way. Maybe not as fast because he probably put on you know sure. lose a bit of speed, but still, I mean, in a way, still the monster. And I think that he runs through that division. I think the monster runs through that division, moves up another division. I really do. Do you have any other news and notes? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment. Now on to our MMA segment, where we will be recapping two, the last two weeks of our MMA uh, segment. Um, first off, we will recap UFC 289 live from this past June 10th, live from the Rogers Arena in Vancouver, British Columbia, where headlining that show was Amanda Nunez versus Irene Aldana. And just to kind of recap a little bit quickly um, of UFC 289, let's just go ahead and talk about the Charles Oliveira versus Benil Darius fight. We thought we were going to get a master class in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and were we wrong? Am I wrong that I actually picked Darius? No, you're not wrong. You actually picked him. Because I think the whole time is like I, I was telling people that if Darius gets him on the ground, I don't know if Oliveira recovers. Yeah, Oliveira has to stay on the ground on, yeah. on his feet. But we were, I was wrong. I know I was wrong, and it was like Oliveira toyed with him the whole time. Toyed with him. Toyed. Yeah. Showed why he is just a little bit under the current champ. Like he, if the current champ wasn't there, Oliveira would still be the champ. Still be the champ. He has ran through that division, and. It probably, was a, probably twice. Twice. Yeah. And it was a dominant performance. It should have been closer. And I, I think uh, Darius just didn't show up. I think maybe the, it was stage fright. I don't know. I think maybe it was a weight cut. I mean. Maybe it was. Um, it, um, there's probably several different factors in it. Uh, Darius did not look like himself at all. Um, he, first round, TKO with the punches. Um, but it wasn't just that, right? I mean, he got he got put down. He, did. he almost got submitted. He almost he you know he uh, he he had no game plan at all for the onslaught that Oliveira came with. It was not the Darius that we saw before this fight. No, like he looked like he was on his way to be a champion. It's very yeah, very soon. exactly. But okay, so that brings up to something else that I kind of think about with Darius. His last fight was October 22nd, 2022. So you're thinking a little rust? Uh, or do I mean, you think it was that the, long? But, you know, still, I think I think there's a little bit of rust in it. Or do there. you think it was the mega fight? It was the, I'm I, in his head, I'm fighting a former champ. And he was tentative. Or it's just, or Oliveira's just that good. Or right? maybe he's just that good. I'm, yeah. I'm figuring out in this podcast that maybe they're just that good. They're just that good. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, Charles Oliveira is... Um, Back on the winning side of things, uh, what do you think is next for him? 34-9, and 22-9 in the UFC. A lot of experts are saying that this is a new Oliveira, and they say that he should get a rematch with Islam, that that should be the next fight for him. What do you think? Is Islam fighting anytime soon? I, he, he is not, I do not believe. I guess he's not right. Um, man, I... There's fights coming up in Abu Dhabi. Fights coming up in Abu Dhabi. And, and for me, I think Oliveira wants to be the champion again. He looked very, very focused. He looked very relaxed. He did not look like he was scared in this fight. I, I think it is a new Oliveira. Do you? 
rejuvenated over of Oliveira. Okay. I don't think it's a new one because I think he's he's even better. I mean, I don't think he's redone anything like gone back to the chalkboard and yeah. erased everything. I think he just honed his skills a little bit more. I think the thing is that more of um, trying to stay on his feet if he fights against um, Islam, Islam and or work on like more of that ground game, you know, trying to get out because. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost over whenever you, Islam puts you on the ground. How funny are you saying that, though, that you're saying that Oliveira needs to go back and work on his ground game when he submitted everybody else in the division, but you're saying, hey, bud, your ground game ain't what it is for the champion. I mean... Isn't that crazy? It is. I mean, am, am I wrong? You're not wrong based on one, one fight. I mean, he yeah, did based get... Based on one fight. Yeah. He, he did get submitted, but that... That is saying a lot about uh, Oliveira and his ground game. I think the second fight is going to be much different if we get it. Okay, and if we don't get it, who does he? Who do you fight? Who does he fight next? I don't have anybody written down because I don't want him getting out of line. So who do you have written down? Oh no, I mean I'm just saying because there's a there is a fight versus a Gaethje and Poirier, who I'm pretty sure if there's a good if that fight hasn't been made as far as Islam and. Oliveira, if there's a big knockout or something that traction comes up with one of these fighters, I think they shoot past Oliveira. So you think they shoot past Oliveira and then Oliveira fights the loser of that Maybe matchup. the loser, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, he's fought both and beaten both, right? Yeah. So so do it again, and then um, the winner of the title fight then would fight the winner of the loser, I guess, loser fight of Oliveira, Gagey, and Poya. All right, well, that brings us to our main event of the evening in the winter women's bantamweight belt. Um, it was for the championship. Amanda Nunez versus Irene Eldana. Um, well, Amanda Nunez did Amanda Nunez things. Another dominant performance by another, another you know, champion or former champion. I mean, kicks, takedowns, strikes. Literally was a, a exhibition in her masterful game plan. It's just like she would always remind Aldana, I can take you down whenever I want to. She did, didn't she? And like she just threw it down a couple times to get back on her feet. Aldana, stage right? Absolutely yeah, absolute stage, stage right. Yeah. Yeah. She landed a couple good fight, uh, uh, jabs or, or she did. punches uh, against uh, Nunez. But Nunez is just world class. Um, miles right above the competition right now. I mean, even when she's fighting elite fighters like Juliana Pena, you know, uh, Aldana is elite. But then you throw in the stage fright, and she's tentative, and she's scared, and she just wants to make sure that, you know, she doesn't get taken out. I mean, she was fighting not to lose. I mean, I wouldn't put Juliana Pena elite, but, you know, against Cyborg. or She's pretty uh, elite in that division, though, if it, it, you know. But that's not saying much. I know. I know. I'm, I'm know? talking versus the GOAT. I yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean – Again, we do have a unanimous decision win for uh, the GOAT, <clears throat> the greatest of all time, yes. Amanda Nunez. Um, well, happy trails now. Happy huh? trails, yeah. I mean, definitely the GOAT of MMA. Right. I mean, she fought the who's who and beat the who's who. I mean, she beat the one that was what we thought was the GOAT mm-hmm. and Ronda Rousey. Right, Valentina Shevchenko. She talked. She she fought another goat that we will probably go down in history, one of the greatest. Yep. And she fought at the time what we thought was the unstoppable baddest woman in the history, history. of MMA, right. Cyborg, and took care of her to the point where she t- TKO'd her. Now get this, um, my wife and I were talking, and we were like, "Well, you know what? Um, she fought Cyborg in 2018. Yes, five years ago. Yes." That's crazy. And Cyborg was like, she was at the top of her right. game at that time. Right. And I was worried for, for Nunes. I don't know if, did you watch that fight live? The Cyborg? Yeah. 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 Were you worried that I Nunes? Was. I, I was. I was. I was. I was shocked that Nunes took her out the way she did. Took her out. Yeah. But, um, and then we got wins against Holly Holm, Jermaine Deratamine, Felicia Spencer, Megan Anderson, Juliana Pena, and now Irena Aldana. Um, well, yeah, she's going to enjoy this and um, be retired. Hopefully she stays retired because I'm pretty sure Juliana Pena is going to be out there and saying she yes. retired because she didn't want to fight me in the show. She trilogy, already did. You know, and I just, I don't get it. I mean, I don't think Juliana Pena realizes that there's 
there's a level. She's a little bit. She's a level above her. She's definitely a level above her for sure. <clears throat> but with her gone, boy, really shed some new uh, interest in both these divisions now. Yeah. What do you yeah. What do you think is going to happen in the future? Who do you think is going to be well, I at think, the top of these divisions? I think um, with um, in the featherweight division. Yeah. I think it's going to go away. That's what I've heard. You know, because there's not that many in the first no. place. And but in the bantamweight division, I I see Juliana Benya fighting, of course, against maybe a Raquel Pennington. And who do you like in that one? I would pick Juliana Benya right now. I would too. Yeah, yeah. And do you think Aldania can come down and wait and fight for that belt, or do you think she's too heavy to to make that happen? Um, I thought I thought that was for the bantamweight. Yeah, it's a bantamweight. So she's in that division. Oh, Adanya's she is. in the okay. division. So, I mean, but then again, yeah, Adana may, may, could she fight again for that for that belt? She's proven that she's been really good against all the other women. Yeah, exactly. So maybe she could uh, fight the winner of Pena Pennington. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, and do you think uh, Home deserves another title shot with Nunez gone? I, I think she I, she does deserves it, right? I mean, she's uh, one of the elite names of this division of the of the company. Yep. So I think she does deserve it. I think she only has probably about two or three more fights to go yep. um, in her career. Yep. And I think I do deserve. I think I do think she deserves that. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps things up for UFC 289. Um, I mean, just kind of throw it out there. Do you know? Do you want to guess who uh, was the performance of the night? Performance of the night was a Dan Ige. No, it was not. It was not Oliver. Well, pretty good on. Put a good fight. Yeah. Oliveira was a okay. performance of the good, night. Good, good. And there was other fights on there. Um, the the fight of night was Mark Andre Barrow versus Eric Anders, and that was a really good fight. Uh-huh. Back and forth. Mike Malo and Steven Ursig were also performance of the night. And where did you, uh, real quick, put the bar on that one? What did you? Uh, it was kind of hard. It was um, not very many names other than the top. Probably the top four yeah. fights were good. Yeah. Uh, Mike Malo, remember he's a Canadian that showed out and you know took out with a guillotine choke yep um adam figured and then danny Ige in land war was a war uh really big good yeah. good fight um but other than that i mean i think i would say probably about 7.5 i was gonna say 7.5 i yeah, agree 7.5 yeah. on that well that brings us to this past week's um fight um that we didn't get to a preview usc on espn vittori versus cannoneer and let's just go ahead and jump into the main event. Um, probably one of the bigger names that are on this uh, card. Uh, Jared Cannonier versus Marvin Vittori. Uh, what do you think about that fight? A slugfest. Man. I, I, you know what? Last time we saw Jared Cannonier, he was out there basically stuck in mud. Yes. Right? Didn't do anything against yes. Israel Adesanya. Um, or, well, he, he fought Sean Strickland uh, right after. But, right. But... I think what we expect of Jared Cannonier or what we vision him is like the the lack of production he did against Adesanya. Yes, and what we wish would have happened was the amount of production in this fight would have been for Adesanya, but yeah. we didn't get that. I'm going to tell you, Cannonier did everything but throw in a table or a chair to knock Vittori out, and Vittori would not quit. I mean, quit. There was one point that you thought that Kenner knocked um, knocked uh, Vittori down. Yes. But he was like more of a stumble. Yes. Like Vittori got right back up. Vittori is just a monster. He's got an iron for head. Unbelievable. Did you know that they broke a record? Yeah. Like 183 strikes or something like that? 249. 240. I think the record was 183. Yeah, it was. Like yes. Yes. My goodness. It's crazy. It was a, a, a battle. Now, the first round, I thought Cannoneer won. Uh, and um, No, no. First round, Vittori yes, g- got yes. a good knockdown. Yeah. Knocked him down. Actually put him on the ground. And then uh, Cannoneer responded really well. And then it was Cannoneer, I think, the rest of the match. As much as Cannoneer was beating Vittori up and you saw his face, did you ever count Vittori out? No, because I never it counted was, him it out. Was, there was always that chance. And yeah. he landed several yeah. good ones during late in the fight. 
where both were tired. But you know what? Actually, I say both were tired, but Cannonier did not look any any he kind didn't. of drained at all. No, not at all. He looked really well, good for this division too. Uh, Jared Cannonier does win by uh, unanimous deci- decision, 49-45, 49-45, 48-46, which it doesn't sound close at all, but, man, that was a really good fight. It was really a good really fight. good fight. So what do you think next for Jared Cannonier? 17-6, and 6-10 six, six and 10 in the UFC. It was a must-win for both fighters to get another title shot. I think Cannonier's win, he is now in the conversation for a title shot. Again? I think so. If you don't want to go ahead and throw him back into a championship fight with uh, Adesanya, how about the winner of Water- Robert Whitaker versus, is it Paula Costa? Yeah, I think so. I think it is. So, oh, no, Drakus Duplessis. I'm up for that. I mean, why don't you, if you're we're just going to throw out names, why don't we put Cannonier in a fight with Alex Pierre? I think Pierre is moving up. Oh, is he moving yeah, up yeah. now? Okay. I mean, maybe Paula Costa. Sure. It's I mean, just the thing is that I don't I don't think they want to put him right back into a championship right bout right now. So if he's not in it, who does Adesanya then fight for a championship? I'm gonna say go the winner Whitaker and Duplessis. Okay. And then maybe Canier gets another fight and then he moves on to a title contention yeah. if he can win that. Yeah. That makes sense. And he looks good. I mean he's thirty nine years old, but he looked he great. He looked great, yes. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our UFC on ESPN, Victoria versus Cannoneer um, recap. Um, who do you think was the fight of the night? It's got to be the main event, Cannoneer versus Vittori. It sure was. It sure was. Both of them won $50,000. Good for them. Deservably. Yes. Right? That brings us to this week's fights. UFC on a- ABC, Emmett versus Taporia. This is going to be June 24th, live from the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. Kicking off the preview, we have Brendan Allen versus Bruna Silva in a middleweight division clash. This is at 185 pounds. Israel Adesanya is our current champion. Now, Brendan, all in Allen, is 27 years old, 21 and 5 with 5 KOs, 12 submissions, and 4 decisions. He is currently ranked 14th in this division. His fight was a win by submission in the third round, February of this year, and he is 4 and 0 in his last four fights. Now, Bruno Blendado Silva is 33 years old, 23-8 and eight with 20 KOs, zero submissions, and three decisions. He is currently ranked 20th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the first round, April of this year, and he is 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. Now, Allen is a minus 165, and Silva is a plus 140. <clears throat> Brendan Allen is from South Carolina. He stands at 6'2", with a 75-inch reach. He represents Sanford MMA. Notable wins come against Andre Muniz, Christoph Jatko, and Jacob Malkun. Notable losses come against Chris Curtis and Sean Strickland. Bruno Bruno Silva is from Brazil. He stands at six foot with a seventy-four inch reach. He represents Ivala Sao Thai MMA. Notable wins come against. Brad Tavares, Jordan Wright, and Andrew Sanchez. Notable losses come against Gerald Mershot and Alex Pereira. Well, I'll tell you, even though Allen is on a four-fight win streak, I'm kind of scared of that 20 KO rate of uh, 20 KOs out of 23 fights. I mean, that's seems that seems like a stat that's like glaring to me. So I'm going to take Silva by KO in the second round. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and take Brand- Brendan Allen. Okay. All right, and let's see. Brendan Allen has won his fights by, I think, by submission, right? Most of them. Yeah, submission. I'm going to go ahead and say Brendan Allen by submission. Okay. All right, that brings us to our next fight, Amanda Hibas versus Macy Barber in a women's flyweight division. 125 pounds, Alexa Grasso is our current champion. Now, Amanda Rebus is 29 years old, 11-3 with two KOs, four submissions, and five decisions. He is cur- she is currently ranked 12th in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision March of this year, and she is 2-2 two and two in her last four fights. Now, Macy, the future barber, is 25 years old, 12-2 with five KOs, two submissions, and five decisions. She is currently ranked 10th in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision March of this year, and she is 4-0. and oh. And her last fight was a win by decision March of this year, and she is on a four-fight winning streak. Now, Rebus is a minus 175, and Barber is a plus 150. 
Amanda Hibas is from uh, Brazil. She stands at 5'4 with the 66 entries. She represents American top team. Notable wins come against Vivian Araju, Verna Jandiraroba, and Paige Van Zandt. Notable losses come against Caitlin Shakagan, Marina Rodriguez, and Pollyanna Vienna. Macy Barber is from Colorado. She stands at 5'5 with a 65-inch reach. She represents Team Alpha Male. Notable wins come against Andrea Andrea Lee, Jessica I, and Montana De La Rosa. Notable losses come against Alexa Grosso and Roxanne Mondaferri. This is going to be an interesting fight because both of them need to win to move up in this division. It's it's crazy to say they need to win. Like, Hebus needs to win. Yes. But uh, Barber, she's a four-fight winning streak, but like it she, does seem like she needs a win, right? It, yeah, it feels like if she doesn't win this, yeah. she is going to be going backwards in this division. I think the thing is that she had so much hype behind her yeah. until she got on a two-fight losing streak. And then after that, it's like, well, what happened to the future um, uh, Macy Barber. Yeah, no pun intended, right? Yeah. The future, yeah. Uh, with that being said, uh, I like Barber by decision. Um, You know what? I'm also going to take Barber by decision. I just I like that five-fight winning streak. I like that consistency. I do too. Um, and I think she's got more to lose than Hebus. But it wouldn't surprise you if the favorite Rebus wins, wins no, it. No. Yeah. All right, that brings us to our main event of the evening in the featherweight division, Josh Emmett versus Ilya Toporia. This is at 145 pounds. Alex Voganowski is our current champion. Now, Josh Emmett is 38 years old, 18-3, and three, with six KOs, two submissions, and ten decisions. He is currently ranked fifth in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the second round, February of this year, and he's 3-1 in his last four fights. Now, Ilya Toporia is 26 years old, 13-0, and 0, with four KOs, eight submissions, and one decision. He is currently ranked sixth in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the second round, December of last year, and he is 5-0 and 0 in the UFC. Now, now Tapora is a minus 320, and Emmett is a plus 250. Josh Emmett is from Arizona. He stands at 5-6 with a 70-inch reach. He represents Team Alpha Male. Notable wins come against Calvin Cater, Danny Yeh, and Shane Burgos. Notable losses come against Yari Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens. Ilya Taporia is fighting out of Spain. He stands at 5'8 with a 69-inch reach. He represents Team Clement Clement Club. Notable wins come against Bryce Mitchell. Jai Herbert and Ryan Hall. And he has no losses in the UFC. This is kind of a must win for both these guys, isn't it? This gets them towards a title shot because they're both in the, going to be in the top five. Right. I think um, uh, Emmett was on a five fight winning streak yeah. before he lost to Yari Rodriguez, yeah. who got him in a submission triangle choke. But I think a lot of people would say he was almost winning that fight during the, in that fight. Um, yeah. And then Ilya Taporia. Wow, he's he's just undefeated. I mean, that's that's all you can say about him. He's he's very dangerous. Uh, has good wins against um, uh, some elite fighters. Bryce Mitchell, you know, he was he's he was a prospect, up and coming person. Uh, Ryan Hall and Jai Herbert. Um, man, I like the violence behind Ilya Tavoria. Yeah, and here's the thing: Volganovsky is fighting Rodriguez coming up real soon. I'm going to tell you, this is for a title shot, whoever wins this, because the only people that are ahead of him is Max Holloway and Arnold Allen. And Arnold Allen lost to Holloway, right. and Holloway ain't getting a championship again, at least right now. So right. I think the winner of this one's going to get it. I think it's – Oh, yeah. There's a lot on the line for this. And with yeah. that being said, I can't deny that undefeated in the UFC, I'm taking Taporia by decision. Yeah, but it's gonna be a uh, then it's gonna be a war then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm also gonna pick them. I don't know if I said that already, but yep. Taporia by decision. Okay. Where do you put the bar on this a little bit on this? Um, uh, fight yeah. Night? Let's just go ahead and just go ahead and put a eight just an right eight? now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just because Brandon Allen is really good. If you look yep. at the preliminary, Neil Magny's fighting on the preliminary. I love preliminary. Neil Magny. Yeah. 
Um, who else is on there? Uh, Jillian Robertson, Justin Taffa's uh, returning. Um, and then we do have Cody Brundage, uh, Bruno Silva fighting Allen again. I mean, I think it's a decent card. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and shoot shoot high for an 80, for okay. an 8.0. And I'm going to put 7.75. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA preview. And now on to our MMA news and notes. McGregor sat courtside to watch the Game 4 of the 2023 NBA Finals between the Nuggets and the Heat this weekend, and a slew of other celebrities were in attendance to watch that pivotal game. In the middle of the action, McGregor got the opportunity to promote his new pain release spray in front of the sold-out crowd. And what was intended to be a light-hearted moment with a mock fight, McGregor punched out the Miami Heat mascot with a devastating left hand. According to reports... The person in the mascot costume was rushed to the emergency room with injuries, but has since been released. So what do you think about that whole incident? Um, <clears throat> I think it's it's combined with another issue that came up afterwards. Okay. In that that NBA game. What happened? Um, according to some reports, and I may be wrong, but um, someone has accused him of a sexual assault. Isn't he married? Does that matter? I don't know. One of the richest men in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So lots going on at that game. A lot's going on. Um, Puts a lot into jeopardy. And I didn't like last week was the uh, last day to put your name into the USADA pool to fight by by December. Did you see any reports that he did? I don't think so. I didn't either. So so are you saying that the 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 fight I'm going to see for 2023 McGregor happened to be against the Miami mascot that's all I'm going to see for that's McGregor That's the fight yeah That's the fight yeah. and he clearly won He clearly yeah. clearly Yeah McGregor's a mess right now and I'm going to have to ask you again mm-hmm. have you watched The Ultimate Fighter yet Oh no I have not I've been haven't been able to get to okay. get the link Okay Well we're going to put it on tap for next podcast. You need to catch up so right. we can talk a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah. Because I think you're going to find it interesting. But is it coinciding to everything that's happening now? I mean, it's just kind of interesting to... Because this is pre-recorded. Like this, this is pre-recorded, yes. So this is this has happened a while back. This has happened a while back. This is back in March when we thought that we were hopefully going to see a fight with McGregor versus Chandler. And there's a lot of fighters that are getting in line now to fight Chandler because they they believe it's going to follow through. Oh, yeah. I've I've heard that, too. Like, there's people calling out Chandler saying that, you know, that fight's not going to happen. You need to step up and fight me. Well, it looks like we have hot off the press um, some uh, major fight booked in the bantamweight division. Henry Cejudo versus Marlon Vera live from UFC from Boston at UFC 292. So the return of Triple C versus Marlon Vera. It's a great fight. Is Marlon Vera wasn't his last fight wasn't really Marlon Vera that we said? Right. Yeah, he's coming off a loss against Corey Sanhagen. And he didn't look like the Marlon Vera we thought of. How did he get center Henry Cejudo before Corey Sanhagen? That doesn't make any sense. There must be an issue with Sanhagen, right? I mean, there's Either there's an issue, or we're hoping that Sanhagen is going to be in line to fight Sterling next, right? Yeah, but Sterling fights. He fights uh, Sean O'Malley in August. And I think then Sanhagen is just waiting to fight the winner. I yeah. would assume. I mean, what is what is the advantage of Sanhagen fighting Cejudo? And if he loses, he then gets thrown out of line. He doesn't want to do that. But okay, Cejudo lost to Aljamain Sterling. That's right? correct. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that that's right. It I mean, makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense yeah. now that you think about it because Cejudo did lose and then Vera lost also. So Sanhagen is just going to wait for the winner of the next title match. As good as Triple C looked in the title fight, even though he lost, and how bad Vera looked in his last fight against Sanhagen, I got... I, I think that the, that uh, Cejudo has light work with Vera. I just do it right now. What yeah. do you think? No, I I don't know. I think I think Vera comes back. You think Vera yeah. comes back with a yeah. vengeance? Okay. With a vengeance. All right. Well, you got any other news and notes? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA segment. Now on to our Pick'em League. So a couple weeks weeks ago, we had made some picks. We did not make any picks last week. 
Uh, Daniel, me and you went 3-0 and in MMA. We went 1-1 one one in boxing, and that put the total of you at 19 and me at 20. So one fight off. All right. With our players, the standings currently is going to be Lynn at 15, Omar at 17, Daniel, Dan, Everett, and Dom are all at 19. I am sitting at 20. And at the top of the leaderboard, we have Shane and Loretta at 21. All right. All right. <clears throat> well, thank you to everyone that's continuing to um, be impatient with us and jumping on to our uh, Pick'em League and participating. We appreciate that very much. And as always, check out our social media, Facebook or Twitter, for any late-breaking news in the boxing or MMA world. All right. Well, that wraps things up for us, for us this week. Thank you to everyone that continues to listening to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to follow us again on our social media platforms. That's it for us. My name is Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>